Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech executive producer of social media here at the iq and before i get into the podcast i gotta shout out my man once again bill mize on twitter uh he said getting a shout out from viper made for my day because i shouted him out last week on the podcast p.s he told me that he pronounced the twitter handle twitter handle kutalu so kutalu appreciate you listening to the podcast my man and absolutely thank you for tweeting at me at vidIQ on Twitter again. If you guys do tweet at vidIQ and use the hashtag tube talk, you could get shouted out on the podcast too. But the reason for this particular episode of Tube Talk today is because I got a text message. <gasps> I know, I know it's so scandalous. I got a text message, yo. You know, you're like, Viper, who did you get this text message from? So the text message that I got was from a friend of mine who worked for a popular accessory brand in the tech space. Now, I'm not going to put any names out there. I'll be for that purpose. We're going to keep everything in-house. But my friend sent me a text message uh, because he got an email from a creator wanting to work with his brand. So he sent me the text message, right? And he sent me a screenshot of the email that the creator uh, had emailed him. And the creator... In their email, they were like, hi, my name is such and such. Uh, I feature a few of your accessories on my channel, this, that, and the other. And, you know, they were reaching out to request uh, accessories uh, from the brand to feature on the channel. That's all good and well. That's all good and well. Nothing wrong with that. But that's pretty much how the the email, the correspondence ended from the creator. And uh, I hate to be the bear of bad news to you creators out there, but that is not how you get it done if you want to work with brands. So that is the genesis of this podcast. I want to come on here and talk to you all for a few minutes about how to probably reach uh, properly, reach out to brand, communicate uh, in hopes of getting them to work with you, different things like that. And uh, hopefully you'll learn something from this podcast. Again, I've been doing it for five years and working with brands. I work with all types of brands from Verizon to Google to YouTube. So listen, man. I got a few things that I can point out to y'all that I'm going to help you all out because that, that email that came from that creator, that was not it. The first mistake, well, actually, the, the big mistake that that creator made with that particular email is that they failed to include any link to their YouTube channel or content. Why is this important? Think about it like this, right? If you are a creator on YouTube and you have like a business email address that you have out there that brand can reach out to you as a creator, I don't know about y'all. But I get a lot of emails. Well, I don't get a lot, but I get a nice amount of email from, from resellers and brands wanting to work with me to do reviews and different things like that for my YouTube channel. And I go through these emails pretty quickly because I'm looking for things in particular that will indicate whether or not this email is worth my time. I'm looking at spelling, punctuation, grammar, different things like that. Because sometimes some of these people are emailing and they don't understand proper grammar. And I'm automatically deleting that. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. But the big thing for me as a creator, when a brand reaches out to me, 
if a brand wants me to talk about a particular product or service that they are offering, I need information about the product or service in that initial email. I should not have to go out and research what you want me to talk about when you are approaching me, brand. So that's where the creator had messed up in their initial communication. They did not include any link to their YouTube channel or content when they sent their correspondence to the brand. So what is the brand supposed to do if you don't tell them how to look up your work? They're probably going to delete your email as soon as possible. Because again, how many emails are brands getting per day from creators and other sources alike wanting to collab? You have to make your email stand out. And at the very minimum, include basic things in your email that the brand can have enough information to make that preliminary decision on whether or not they want to continue their correspondence with you off your initial email. But if you don't give them your channel link or any link to your actual content, they're probably not going to respond. And if they do respond, it's probably not going to be in a very favorable way to you, creator, because you're wasting their time. And I feel I'm the same way when a brand reaches out to me. Again, if a brand reaches out to me and there is no link to the product or service, there's no information about it in that email, I'm deleting that email faster than you could say, Apple, it's gone because you're wasting my time. I'm not going to go out here and do research about you when you are the one approaching me. You're supposed to give me that information in the initial reach out, in the code email. Who are you? What does your brand stand for? What is it that you want me to collab with you about? What is the product or service that you're offering to my audience? Give me information about it. Tell me how it will benefit my audience. These are simple things that a brand should do when they're cold emailing creators. And creators, it goes the same for you when you are cold emailing a brand. Who are you? Uh, how will you bring value to that brand? Do you have some examples of your work that you've done? Have you done any work that might be similar to what that brand is offering or what that brand has for product service? Hell, have you done content around that brand before? Because chances are, if you're reaching out to a brand as a creator, there's a good possibility that you've probably done a video in the past centered around the brand that you're reaching out to because you like their product or service. So if you've done that and you made a video about whatever that brand offers, include the link to that video in your initial cold email. And when I say cold email, I mean the first email that you send. That's what we call cold email. You know, when somebody reaches out to you with no prior communication, it's called a cold email or cold communication. So if you're, sending out, if you're sending out a cold email to a brand, please include something that you've done that centers around what that brand wants or, or can expect from you. Show your work, people. I don't think that's too much to ask. And again, as a creator, when a brand reaches out to me, the brand better show their work because if the brand does not show their work, I am deleting that crap immediately and gone. Do not Waste my time. And creator, to you listening to this podcast, when you reach out to a brand, do not waste their time. Because again, you're not the only one reaching out to these brands. There are hundreds, if not thousands of creators that are reaching out just like you. What makes your communication stand out? Now, because you listen to this podcast, I'm going to give you a little inside baseball that I've heard recently that may or may not help you. Something that you might want to consider when you are reaching out to a brand as a creator. And that is, if you are going to send a brand a cold email, maybe think about making a little video introduction of yourself and, and how your content is and different things like that. 
And this is, like I said, this is in addition to sending emails of work that you've done, but actually, like, send an actual video, like, the thing that you were writing in an email, just make a video, a quick video introducing yourself, who you are, what you do. Make sure you present the value that you can offer to that brand because the mistake that a lot of creators make is that they make the initial communication all about them, what you want, what you need, and it doesn't work that way. This is a two-way street. This is a relationship that you're trying to start. And relationships go both ways. What can you do for that brand? How will your content provide value to them? Is your audience an audience that they are targeting, that they will be interested in? Again, have you done similar content to what you are offering to do for that brand? It's all about what you can do for the brand. It's not about what that brand can do for you, creator. When you're the one making the cold email, you need to figure out and tell that brand why you can become an asset to them. Make yourself stand out from the hundreds of emails that the brand get every day because they're probably getting hundreds, if not thousands of emails every single day from creators wanting to reach out and collab. But it's all about setting yourself apart and making sure you empathize what value that you can provide to this brand. Because again, as I told you guys earlier about how I feel when a brand reaches out to me as a creator, you need to look at these things from the brand perspective. What If you were working for a brand creator, what would you look for in a cold email from your one of your creator colleagues? What would you need for you to consider taking that creator further to the brand marketing department in consideration for working with that creator? What would you need in an email? And whatever you think you would need, make sure you include that in your email if you're going to cold email a brand. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by the vidIQ mobile app. You can download it for free on the Android or iOS app stores. And it's here to help you do things like keep track of your competition, research your next video idea, optimize videos you've already posted, and more, all on the go. This is the perfect app to have literally in your back pocket while you're out and about and you find yourself with a few free extra minutes. Having the opportunity to sit down and optimize your latest video or research ideas for your upcoming video can be a game changer and save you a bunch of time as you work to create more YouTube content. Again, you can download the vidIQ mobile app for free on Android or iOS. Just search for vidIQ. So, let's say, you know, the brand is considering you and different things like that. Let's say you're past the cold email part and you maybe you got other negotiations going on. Maybe you exchange a few emails. There are other factors that come into play in whether or not a brand will pursue a working relationship with you, creator. The biggest one being your conduct online and your online presence, but mainly your conduct and your character because brands do not want to work with a potential train wreck. Okay. Just like you creator. Again, think about it from your perspective. If a brand reached out to you and if brand had a reputation of being a bad brand and being bad to creators, would you want to work with that brand? I certainly hope not. So it's the same thing where brands are considering working with you as a creator. Are you above board online? Are you a positive impact in the community? Are you liked by your fellow creators? And do you have positive interactions with your fellow creators? Do you have a positive interaction with your community and your audience? Brands look at this stuff. And believe it or not, they have tools that they look at to determine just how viable you are as a potential asset to work with them. But they will definitely be looking at your online conduct and the way that you carry yourself as a creator and as a business, because ultimately, as I tell you guys all the time, once you upload that first YouTube video to your channel, you then, in essence, become a business. And everything that you do from that day on 
you are doing in the hopefully in the aim of building your business. So brands are going to look very closely at how you move online to see if you are a good business fit for them. So be careful of things that you are posting in a public forum like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, wherever you might be. Make sure your content is above board. Make sure you're not uh, getting on people's bad sides. Make sure you don't have any negative interactions out there. Make sure you're not using profanity because while it might not turn off every brand, it will turn off some brands if you are out there using profanity. They are not They are not about that life. They are Disney-friendly, okay? You know, I, know, I know Disney has changed a little bit in the recent year, but think about it as being a Disney-friendly creator. If you're a Disney-friendly creator, no profanity, this, that, and the other, I think you're safe. But again, I'm not saying you can't curse at all and different things like that, but some brands will eliminate you if you curse and you profane language. So just be aware of that. But just different things like that. Just make sure you're above board as a creator, and I think you'll be all right. Also, be careful about how you treat your fellow creators. I just alluded to this, but guess what? Uh, Sometimes, myself included, brands that are comfortable with certain creators, they will reach out to their favorite creators, and they will ask about other creators in the space. Now, I know it's a little crazy, and it might not be the most fair thing in the world, but when a brand has a relationship with a creator that they've had for, maybe, let's say, what, a year, two, three, four, five years, they get comfortable. Like, that's more than just a creator-brand relationship. That's a friendship at that point. And yes, that brand will ask that creator about other creators in the space. Are they cool? Are they good workers? Or, or do they make good content? So brands talk to creators about other creators, okay? So make sure you are maintaining positive relationships with your fellow creators because you never know when it could lead you to a potential relationship with a brand. Now, some of y'all might be like, Viper, I don't care about what people think about me. And hey, that's your prerogative. You can do with this information what you will, but I am telling you that brands talk to creators. And to add to that point, brands talk to other brands as well. Now, I know that creators talk to creators because sometimes when we have bad relationships or bad experiences with brands, we kind of let each other know, like, maybe you don't touch that brand because they didn't treat me right, this, that, and the other. Well, guess what? Brands do the same thing. They have their... Because what you all have to remember is that all these people that work at these brands are real human beings like you and me. They have friends like you and me. Like, <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example, right? So the video game industry, right? So the major players in the video game industry right now are Microsoft with the Xbox, Sony with the PlayStation, Nintendo with the Nintendo Switch. Those are the main players in the video game space right now. Now, if you go online and you see how some of these video game fanatics communicate with each other, it's toxic AF. There's tribal activity going on. They're, they're, they're fanboying or fangirling over their chosen video game system, and sometimes it can get very negative and very toxic. But what if I told you that the executives and the employees of the gaming companies do not conduct themselves in that way? What if I told you that representatives from Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo are friends? What if I told you they get together and they talk to each other what if I told you they have dinner with each other? What, what if I told you I've been in rooms when these companies have come together to talk to each other about what's happening in the gaming industry? Yes, Viper, your very host of this podcast has literally been in Clubhouse rooms with representatives from Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft in the same place at the same time being very cordial to each other because they are friends. They're not going at each other's throat just because they work for different companies. They love video games. 
They work at Sony. They work at Nintendo. They work at Microsoft because they love video games and they are passionate about making the best games possible. So, of course, they're friends. So they talk to each other. So creators understand this. Brands talk to each other. So make sure that when you are conducting yourself with the brand that you are acting above board and you're not trying to put a, a brand on blast or make them look bad or negatively bash them for the sake of bashing, they will let the other brands know and you could potentially get blacklisted in an entire industry off your interaction with just one brand. I've seen it happen. So be careful how you conduct yourself. Okay, now I'm not saying that you can't criticize these brands because you absolutely can criticize them, but there's a way to go about it, okay? You don't have to be overly negative and bash a brand just for the sake of bashing a brand to be critical. If a brand is missing a feature or a service that their competition is offering, it is okay to point that out to your audience. And that is you being critical. And that brand has to accept that because that is a reality, okay? That's not you being negative for the sake of being negative. That's you being being critical for the sake of what's happening in that brand's industry and their market of players around them. If they are not offering something that their competition is, that is a flaw on that brand. And you are within your rights as a creator to point that flaw out to that brand and your audience. Because the number one relationship that you have as a creator is with your audience. It is bigger than any relationship you will ever have with any brand. I don't care who the brand is. You, your obligation creator is to your audience first and foremost. Brands are secondary to that. Take care of your audience first and they will take care of you. I promise you. But that does not mean you have to be a white knight for a brand. That is not how this works. That does not help them because what happens is that when you are critical and you do offer a, a an assessment and you offer a potential solution for a problem that the brand can have, then that brand can take that feedback back to their team and make a better or product uh, make a better product or service the next time around. That's how this works. That's how we get better as creators. That's how brands get better. You take the criticism and you go back to the lab and you try to improve upon your weaknesses. So you could be better next time around. The same thing works for brands. So I'm not saying you can't criticize them, but you cannot come out here publicly bashing a brand just because you don't like them or you don't like something that happened. It does not work that way. You will find yourself on the outside looking in very quickly. Don't do that. Also, if you are going to work with a brand, just be careful about what you're offering to that brand in terms of what you can and can't do, especially if the brand's not paying you, okay? Now, I don't think creatives might disagree with me about this or they might feel some type of way about it, but I'm just going to tell you from where I sit here. If a brand is not paying Viper cash money for a deal or a campaign or whatever, that brand gets zero input into what the video is that I make. They get zero input into when the video gets released. They get zero editorial control over the content. So basically what I'm trying to tell y'all is that there's not money involved. The brand has no control over what you do with that video or how that video gets made. I've seen creators, my friends included out here, get burned by this. They're giving brand full editorial control and they're giving brand control over the calendar or what they're giving brand control of what's in the video. And they are not making a dime for these brands, but you're giving these brands all the type of control over your content. Why? Why are you doing that? It's one thing to want to get your foot in the door with a brand, but it's another thing to let a brand entirely exploit you and your work. 
Y'all know how hard we work out here. Why are you letting these brands get off scot-free without paying you if they want all these extra things on top of what you're already doing? Okay, if a brand sends you a product and they want a video, that's one thing, right? But again, you can make that video, but if they want editorial control, if they want you to have that video out by a certain day, if they want to control what's actually in the video, hell no, absolutely not. If you send me a product, if you send Viper a product, and you want Viper to make a video, Viper will make a video, but that video that Viper made is all up to Viper. What's in the video is up to Viper. When that video goes out is up to Viper. And whatever that video looks like in the end, that is up to Viper and nobody else but Viper if you are not paying Viper a dime. Now, if there's money involved, if you're paying Viper, then we're having a very different conversation because there's money being exchanged hands. And at that point, you are going to have to do some things that the brand requests if they're paying you, and rightfully so. Just like anything else in life, if there's money is changing hands, there's a certain expectation of goods and services that are being provided once that money is changing hands. And it's no different as a creator. But I won't get too deep into that. But what I will say is that if there is money is changing hands, creator, if you are working with a brand where they're paying you a certain amount or they agree to pay you, make sure you get it in writing. Make sure you get a contract between you and that brand, so everything that is agreed upon is on paper, so nobody can screw each other over when it, when a push comes to shove. If they tell you they're going to pay you X amount of money when the, when the deal is over with or whatever date and time they agree to pay you, make sure it's on paper and make sure you read the contract front to back before you sign it. And if for whatever reason you read it and you don't understand something, reach out to other creators or reach out to a lawyer. But don't sign something that you don't understand. Because you can find yourself in a trick bag if you do. But for the love of all things, creator economy, okay? If there is money exchanging hands, there better be a contract in play. You should never do a deal with money exchanging hands without a contract being signed. You need to protect yourself. And that contract protects you. So make sure you sign a contract or have that brand draw up a contract if there's money exchanging hands. Now, if there's no money involved, you don't really need contract too much. I mean, you might want to draw one up for other things, but you don't need a contract if there's no money in changing hands. But if there's money in changing hands, there better be a contract because it protects you and the brand. More importantly, creator, it protects you. And again, if you do have a contract in play, make sure you read and understand the contract front to back. Because sometimes what a brand says verbally is different from what they put in the actual contract. And that's how they get over on you because you don't read the contract and you don't understand or realize that something would change from the actual verbal agreement because what they say verbally does not matter. What's on that pen and paper is what matters because that is what holds up in court. So make sure you read and understand your contract if a contract is involved. And again, if there's money exchanging hands, there better be a contract involved. Trust me on that. Make sure you get it in writing. All right. Probably uh, the other thing that I want to tell you is when you are working with brand creator, uh, don't be afraid to be a little flexible. You don't have to be stiff. You don't need to be rigid. You can be a little flexible. Like if, if a brand wants a revision or, or, or they want you to update some information, don't be afraid to do that. Because the easier you are to work with, the more likely that brand will work with you again. The more difficult you are to work with, the more likelihood is that that brand will never work with you again. So don't be all difficult for the sake of being difficult. Now, if that brand is trying to screw you over, and they're not holding up their end of the bargain. That's another matter entirely. But when you are in the relationship and certain things are going to come up, 
that you know might not have been foreseen, be be flexible, be reasonable, be amicable. Don't don't get negative. Don't get all um um divisive just for the sake of being divisive because things are not going your way. Because again, what you want to do in creator, you want to be as easy to work with as reasonably possible or reasonably possible. Okay. Because what we want to do is we want to establish a long-term relationship with the brand. You don't want just a one-off. You don't want to work with the brand just once. You want to work with that brand over and over again, if possible. And they're not going to want to work with you if you are not flexible and reasonable. So just make sure you're being reasonable. And I think uh, that will be the beginning of a beautiful friendship between you and the brand. Listen, man. We are still in the infancy of the creator economy. And there is a lot that is happening out here. It is literally changing every single day. A lot of you all listening to this podcast are very new to this and you don't understand basic business 101 and that's okay. But you need to get out there and learn how this stuff works because you will get taken advantage of very quickly if you don't understand just the basics of how this works, the basics of business. This podcast is a good starting point for you if you don't understand the basics of business 101 because a lot of the things that I discussed today are basic business 101. But please seek out other sources. There are much, uh, many more people out here who are much smarter than me, uh, people that can help you understand how the creator economy works and how to run your business and be better efficient. That way you can maximize your income and your impact. Man, I sound like Sean Cannell. What's up, Sean? But you know what I'm saying? Make sure you learn the business side of being a creator because it's not just about making your videos and uploading them. It's about understanding how to build and scale your business. Because again, when you upload that first video, and then you upload the second and the third and the fourth, you are then building a business and you need to understand how the business works. Whatever your industry is, you need to figure out how things work in that industry. You need to understand how things work from the basics of the, of the creator economy and how to work with brands and different things like that. So go seek the information out. If you don't know, ask content creators that are doing it. There's a lot of us out here doing it. Reach out to me, reach out to your fellow creators, whatever you got to do to get the information that you need. You need to put yourself in a position to get that information. But hopefully after listening to this podcast, you have a better understanding of working with brands. These brand relationships can be very beautiful if you know what you're doing, or they can be very not beautiful if you don't know what you're doing. But hopefully uh, you'll have a better understanding of the basics after today. But I appreciate you all listening to uh, Tube Talk this week, man. You know your boy Viper will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by VidIQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.